You have arrived at your destination. Oh, no, it is not about well, bridging. Well, that's, that's a shame. Yeah, it's not about bridging strands to bridge. What about strands. Norman Reedus and the Funky Fetus? He's not in it, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that, is, is not my, that is not my joke. Norman Reedus <laughs> and the Funky Reedus. It's a good band name, though. Man, how about all those WWE releases, huh? Yeah, man. It's almost as if uh, that's a weirdly run company by people with strange priorities. It's true. That's true. Now, the one everybody was kind of weirded out by, I kind of understood. I understood Strowman, you know. Yeah. That's a big contract, and um, I get it. So, um, odd that he was the one that was chosen out of the big contract. Do you th- well, it, a lot of these people still seems like they're ticking off the list of people who asked to be released a long time ago. That's true. And there's a very good chance that they just said, like, hey, man, are you still up for going? Because he totally seems fine with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody seemed uh, kind of OK. Um, Black was a bit surprised. That was the weird one because they had just reintroduced him. to the- <laughs> He just seemed moderately offended of like, yeah. I spent months filming all these vignettes. Yeah. <laughs> and then he literally just came in. You started a feud. And then you pulled him. I like to think that Vince didn't even watch that episode of SmackDown. No. no. Like he, did, he had no idea. He had no idea that they was just reintroduced. Bruce directed that whole thing and then... Well, we're not using him. Might as well cut him. And Bruce's like, uh, Vince, uh, we're, we're actually... What? What is it? Uh, nothing. We're, we're fine. You know what? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the strange thing for me, though, is that, like, it, who knows? Maybe this is, uh, you know, that... I don't know if you watched last night, uh, as of this recording, last night's uh, mm-hmm. Brett the Hitman Heart documentary that was on A&E. Yeah, I didn't. I need to watch. I haven't watched any of those A&E ones. I need They're to not that. bad. Uh, they kind of yeah. whitewashed some things in some ways. And I think that the Randy Savage one was strange. Uh, <laughs> very. Um, especially like when they, you know, like some people talk to Lanny afterwards and they're like, Bubba the Love Sponge didn't even fucking know Randy. Why the fuck did they call him? Oh, yeah, like, that's weird. Why would you even call him? Yeah, like, yeah. so, very strange. Uh, but, yeah, the uh, the conventional wisdom is normally that, like, you know, don't push someone, you know, up towards the clouds if you're about to let them go, except in the case of somebody like Bret Hart, where we now have all the facts and everybody seems to agree on the story that they're telling, so at least this is correct, is that Vince could not afford Brett's contract. Right. And, you know, after they signed that lifetime agreement or whatever, you know, Brent said, uh, you know, Vince said, I can tear this up and call Bischoff and see if he'll extend you the same money again. And, you know, we'll keep you in good condition and you'll hand over the belt and in whatever way we end up deeming this over. And then you go over there and maybe you can come back later. Yeah. You know, when business changes kind of thing. Right. And unfortunately, that never got to happen. But maybe that's sort of what's happening with Strowman. It's like, you know, go to Japan for a couple of years, man. You know, go yeah. be a monster overseas and then we can use that as a storyline. Right. Right. I don't know. Uh, it's wrestling's really strange right now. Yeah. Wrestling has really good things going on right now. It's mm-hmm. just, other than Roman Reigns. I don't think any of it's going on in WWE right now. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, there's a few decent things here and there, but really Reigns is the only thing that's worth it. But, uh, yeah, 
that was the wrestling corner. It's time for the Vintage Truck Podcast, Oz. Yeah, we... let's talk about anything other than wrestling. Let's do that. <laughs> let's do that now. I actually have been enjoying wrestling pretty okay, except Raw. Raw's terrible. Nobody Raw's knows. awful. Raw. SmackDown's watchable. AEW's fantastic. Yeah. Impact is pretty good. Yeah. I've been Impact's... watching more than my fair share of Impact. Mm-hmm. Impact's been pretty good. I, I, uh, and New Japan good. is yeah. awesome. I'm, I'm sure it's still great. I need to get back on it. I haven't watched New Japan in a long time. so It's you know. awesome. Yeah, I need to get back on that. Uh, but today, Haas, we're talking about, talking about the best movie games. Movie licensed games, let's say. Um, is that what we want to say? Yeah, movie license. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Best best licensed, you know, movie licensed games. I ever want to uh, yeah. end up phrasing that, but uh, you know, mm-hmm. there is a uh, a long line of really drizzly shit that comes from a pile of licensed video games. <laughs> yes, that dates back as long as I've been alive. Yes, uh, yes. you know your ETs. Yeah. Uh, you know your. Uh, you know, uh, Street Fighter the movie, the game. Yes, that's a great one. Yeah, Street Fighter the movie, the game. Uh, L every LJN licensed game in existence. Oh um, man, their box art was always so good. I know, but the games weren't. <laughs> man, what was that? Uh, the follow up to Batman '89 was it like Revenge of the Joker? Yeah, the one that I had that so. fucking amazing box art. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. I oh, so. or what about that game that was nearly impossible? Fucking Maximum Carnage. Yeah, Maximum Carnage. That game's nearly impossible. I forgot that that was an LJN joint. I yeah, and that was a red cart, and it looks yeah. super dope. Yeah, it was really good. I, I have LJN that one. also made that uh, Terminator versus RoboCop game mm-hmm. that was yeah, a that black one. cart, and that looked dope. Yep, made that one. I mean, they, and that game sucks. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been going on for a while. The Bill and Ted game, like that was an L.A. Oh, one. oh Back to the Future two and three. Yeah, those pieces of trash. They were. Oh bad. my god. Yeah. It, 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 what's great is that the game premise sucks so much they had two teams making games. Yeah. For Back to the Future, and even L.J.N. looked at it and went, oh, "These are terrible." <laughs> what if it was two games in one? Hey, we did it. <laughs> you rotten. Uh, you know, uh, LJN license deal that they had with Marvel. Uh, yeah. All the bad games that came out of that. I mean, it's it, it's just like it was like a sad road that just kept getting sadder as time went on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and it seemed like that was never really going to correct itself with the rare exception of some outliers. And then uh i think one of the turning points uh other than like golden eye 007 which is it's a movie license thing but it was very late to the party by like two years mm-hmm. um i think the combination of spider-man 2 and yeah. a few other games that actually reached back in the past to older titles right to license so that they weren't so burdened by the number one thing that you always heard about licensed movie games was that the license cost so much money that there wasn't enough money left to make a good game. Yeah. And uh, likely there were pro- probably always like uh, time management things that were never really fleshed out very well either. Well, um, yeah, it needs to be out by this date. It's yeah. like, dude, that's nine months from now. Yeah. The, the, the E.T. one's the most famous story. It was just like, yeah. oh, can you have that done in a week? Um, What? <laughs> sir i need more cocaine bring him more cocaine (laughs) more cocaine steven spielberg cocaine 
<laughs> but yeah, it's uh, uh, so we can talk a little bit about that later. I, I think we got yeah. a couple of things to chat about before our big list, mm-hmm. but uh, I think that is going to be a super fun conversation because believe it or not, we were able to put together a list of 10 yes. pretty fantastic directly movie licensed video games. Yes. You know, because there's a lot of things that are set in a universe. There's a lot of things that are mm-hmm. kind of loosely tied. Yeah. Uh, and then there's ones where like they get, you know, uh, actors likenesses and voice roles and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff where it's, it's more directly tied to uh, a specific franchise moment, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, it feels part of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, man. What's it with you, Brandon? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, it's, it's been uh, a bit of a crazy week, uh, and I didn't do anything last weekend. It was, <laughs> which was deliberate because things have been kind of insane. So uh, I've been doing a lot of stuff recently, which is great because it's nice to be doing things again, uh, as is, tw- as 2020 dragged along. Um, but, uh, actually 2020 went back pretty quickly. It was, it was just April of last year that dragged like April felt like a thousand years. And then suddenly it was December and that was bizarre, you know? Um, yeah, it was uh, <laughs> like the strangest combination of, Oh, we're not going anywhere. And Oh my God, where did the last year go? Right. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was pretty much that. Um, so yeah, I don't have a, I don't have any video games to talk about, which is a shame because like there are some coming out that I really am looking forward to pretty soon. Um, uh, is there stuff coming out this year? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, so there's one. Well, it's coming. Okay, I got pushed back to August. I forgot. I thought that was coming out this month. Uh, that Kena Bridge of Spirits I was kind of interested in, and that got pushed back now. So I guess is that is that a is that a strand game? Uh, that is an Ember Lab. No, I mean, is it is it about like bridging strands so that you know we can oh. uh, you know bridge the Death Stranding? Oh no, it is not about well, bridging. That's, that's a shame. Yeah, it's not about bridging strands to bridge. What about the Norman fetus? Reedus and the Funky Fetus? He's not in it. No, <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is not my that is not my joke. Norman Reedus and the Funky Fetus. It's a good band name, though. <laughs> that is not my joke, but I do like that joke. That is courtesy of a uh, uh, fan of the show, Todd Kiesling. Uh, he said that to me a week ago, and I was I was shit my pants. That's uh, my that's my new band name, man. That's great, that's super good, man. <laughs> Norman Reedus uh, and the Funky Fetus. So oh, dumb. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, I uh, I played a game. Yeah, yeah. What did you play? Um, so. Actually, I played two games. I forgot to even mention this one. Uh, so let's talk about Necromunda. Necromunda, okay. Yeah. Uh, subtitle: Hired Gun. Yeah. Um, so this is a Warhammer. Stop if you've heard this before. This is a Warhammer licensed 40k first person shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Just, just every time it feels familiar, drink. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. So this game's kind of like them trying to make Doom Eternal. Right. Um, in the uh, Warhammer universe. Sure. Um, if it wasn't for the fact that like everything's name in the Warhammer universe is like the dumbest fucking name. Yes. Um, it, this game would maybe carry a little bit more weight. You get like a fucking cyborg dog. Um, it's I think they're adding multiplayer to this in the future. 
Yeah. But as of right now, it's a single player only experience. Yeah. And I don't know. It feels cheap. Does it um, does it take itself too seriously, would you say? Oh, I think everything in the Warhammer universe takes itself entirely too seriously. I disagree. There, there are games, I think, in the Warhammer series. Okay, that... with the exception of uh, Warhammer 40k Space Marine. Yeah, Space where Marine. All, where all the dorks just go, bah! Yeah, where they're all a bunch of... They're all a bunch of, <laughs> bunch of drunk pirates. Yeah, you know. Uh, stuff like that. Like, I feel like that's pretty... Um, you know uh that, that when it when it when it embraces the goofiness of that universe i think it it has something there but um, everything specifically in the 40k universe just looks like if you took uh, a heavy metal album cover yep. and an issue of heavy metal magazine mm-hmm. and a and he- porno and heavy metal the cartoon the animated movie <laughs> and it was written by a third grader <laughs> Because that's the thing is that like the Warhammer, like Warhammer proper universe, like the Horus heresy and all that stuff. Like there's some actually like good fiction there. Is it wholly original or anything? No, no. But it's good, dark fantasy fiction. Man, most of this 40K stuff that I have ever experienced. And I'd like to think I've experienced quite a bit of it for somebody who's not into it. Yeah. Uh, Man, it's just it's the names and it's it's the. The weird attitude, uh, yeah. Braxadon the Defiler, and yeah, yeah just uh, Horselon the fucker, and you know, like just. <laughs> so I don't know. Like I, I'm, I'm a couple hours. Well, I'm a little shy of a couple hours into Necromunda. I saw mm-hmm. a bunch of dudes talking about it on Twitter. Went ahead and picked it up. I think I'm going to refund it. Yeah, uh, I just didn't have. Is. Is it like their Wild West setting, I guess? or like what No, uh, this is 40K. So this is like basically the entire game I've played so far. You're inside like a molten factory. Okay. Uh, you know, it just it just looks like you think 40K. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole bunch of orcs I'm, digging on a lot of planets to get a lot of resources to take back to their planet. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at the graphics. It looks pretty cool, like like visually. It's graphically, it's it's impressive yeah. at a sheer technical perspective, but like mm-hmm. it lacks a lot of the polish. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- that weird nebulous word polish. Yeah. Um, that just you know makes because th- there's a lot of comboing systems in here that I would say is it's like not as good or as deep as Bulletstorm was, and right. then there's a you know some you know, chaining effects that you can do to kind of combo, you know, to boost stats and things like that. And I don't think that's super sophisticated. And I've had a few issues with clipping and environmental stuff and, you know, specifically clipping of if a, if guys are running at you and you're trying to peek out from behind a structure to spray them down. Right. uh, You shooting the building that you're obviously three feet away from. Yeah, uh, you know, just because the clipping's not quite tight as it, as it needs to be there, just you know, that kind of just general fit and finishy stuff. They have put out some uh, some uh, press releases saying like, "Yeah, we're going to work on it," uh, and you know, it's it's on sale. It's like fifteen percent off. I think you know, it's still even as of this listing, I think it'll still be on sale for like another day. It's like thirty bucks. Yeah. Um, it's not a lot of money. I had the money sitting in my wallet already. So who knows? Maybe since they're claiming on expanding and adding to this, maybe I'll hang on to it. But I don't, it's just not immediately grabbing me. This seems like this fall when stuff's out, 
I will have forgotten that I've ever played this. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's, it's uh, be one of those. With a game with a name like Necromunda, how could I? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like you know, in. Yeah, you know, the dog mechanics fine. I mean, it's got a couple of decent ideas. I just, man, I am. There's something about this universe that just feels so. You scribbled this in a notebook in middle school, and you said like, "Well, I'll come back and write a real name for this thing," and then you forgot, and right. now it's time to film a movie. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, "Shit, I guess you're Leatherman." Yeah, the the entirety of world building and like the smaller aspects of those games is uh, just someone screaming a bunch of, you know, church words. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, and Cthulhu it, legends. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's, you know. It, you know, and it's it doesn't really do anything to differentiate itself. It's like, you know, you're a you're a bounty hunter and you're you're a, just a hired gun and you have no emotional stake in this. But maybe I do. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know. I think it could be something better if given time. I, sadly, I just think that by the time it is given the time to do that, no one will care. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but if you, if you're sitting around with a, you know, nice, powerful computer and stuff, I mean, like it's, it's good looking. Yeah. Uh, it, it it's not an aggressively bad game. It's just to me, given that I have a pile of shooters that I have not finished. Yeah. Uh, a couple hours into that, I'm like, is this how I need to be spending my time? I got, I got other things I could be doing. Yeah. It's also hard because like having f friends who play 40 K um, it's, it's hard to recommend anything of like, even if I played it myself, recommending anything of the Warhammer series to anybody that actually enjoys it is very hard because they only like very select things from that universe it's a very like it's a very select group that people enjoy things that oh absolutely enjoy, so. and that's that's why like my you know recommendation is is tied strictly to uh you know like if you're if you're on the outskirts here if this is your first encountering of this maybe this is not your entry point for 40k because those guys that are really into 40k they're really into 40k oh yeah for and sure. You know, they have long since uh, gotten past names like Flyboys and stuff like that. You know, like it, <laughs> it's like, oh, th these are the orcs that that fly planes. Oh, right. Flyboys. Flyboys. You know, I mean, you it's know, like, that's that's one of their. I feel like that's one of the less uh, ridiculous names, honestly. <laughs> no, but it's just it's just lazy. It's like, yeah, I mean, they're boys and they fly and so. they fly. So there you go. But it just seems like if there was an if they couldn't come up with a ridiculous name, they just picked the easiest name. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, but yeah. So there you go. Boom. Yeah. So uh, I played a little bit of that. Uh, also, uh, I played some Knockout City. Yeah. Yeah. This game looks pretty okay. Hello, editor's notes. Knockout City is now free across all platforms as of June first. This podcast was recorded after June first, but we were not privy to that information until after we had recorded. So we refer to Knockout City being twenty dollars across platform, uh, other than Game Pass. So there's context for you. On with the show. If you don't know what this is offhand if you're listening to the show uh you might remember it if you watched a nintendo's e3 press conference last year yeah it was either their e3 press conference or one of their directs they showed this at a nintendo thing yeah i'm it was one of the sure it was e3 mm -hmm. um and uh so the premise is that this is basically 
Overwatch except dodgeball. Right. Yeah. Um, so you don't necessarily have like, you kind of have like alts and supers, but they don't really work that way. Mm-hmm. Um, this is more about like you, it, it treats dodgeball like baseball. Right. So you have off speed pitches, curve balls, fast pitches, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you can also, one of your teammates can turn themselves into a ball and you can throw it at someone else, like a mortar oh. that turns into an explosion. Nice. But if someone catches that, they can throw your friend off the, uh, off the board and they die. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So, but you know, there, there's, there's interesting ideas in it. Uh, this game runs into a couple of issues with me. Like I, I'm not wild about the visual style, right? It's very much that overwatchy kind of thing. Like, I'm really kind of tiring on this, like, you know, made for super low end PCs and phones, uh, Pixar inspired pastel look, you know, uh, that uh, shit. Uh, There was a shooter that's kind of like Counter-Strike that's based in the uh, uh, League of Legends. Oh, yeah. uh, Rogues. Uh, No. Not it? No. No. But yeah, oh, oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I do know. It's like an S things. word, I think, for some yeah. reason. Um, but yeah, so uh, there's that uh, that's come out in the last year. There's Overwatch that's still hanging around. It's just this visual look seems to have grabbed onto a lot of these uh, kind of like lower to mid tier. Valorant. Valorant. There oh, you go. For yeah. some reason, I thought it was an S word. But yes, yeah. you're correct. It's Valorant. Yes. Um, you know, these games are, are really popular right now. And even like Counter-Strike mm-hmm. uh, by modern. Granted, that used to be like a sim ass looking game. But by modern standards, it looks pretty fucking cartoony. Right. And I don't know. I just this. I, I'm just a little tired of that formula. Also, this game kind of looks like what if the people who made Splatoon didn't understand what fashion or style is? <laughs> Did, uh, the, did the people that made Splatoon understand it? I mean, oh hell I guess, yes, yeah, yeah, it's true. It, oh it's hell very, yes, it's very nineties in its in its approach. Yes, that perfect. game is very fashion forward. Yes, uh, yeah. in a way that I really fucking like. <laughs> it's one of the things I really, one of the only things I really like about Splatoon is the way that like that game fucking gets fashion, and I think it's cool. <laughs> uh, and you know, even like the conversations that like the the TV show people would have, you know, in between matches and shit. I'm like, yeah, this, this game fucking rips. Uh, <laughs> I just wish I liked playing it more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a shitty thing for me to say, but it's the truth. I mean, you right. know, like every time a Splatoon game comes out, I love it for two weeks. And then I go, oh, I just kind of wish it was a little a little more depth here. Kind of wish uh, I was killing people. I was. <laughs> yeah. It, and speaking of depth, I would say that, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's one of the things that this game, um, even after I would say five hours that I spent with it, I felt like I was starting to really scrape the bottom of the bowl here. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things, you know, I don't love Overwatch. I don't actually even like Overwatch, but I will acknowledge that there is a depth uh, in an ebb and a flow to combat uh, in Overwatch that, you know, is one of those uh, easy to pick up, you know, long, you know, very hard and long to master. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Valorant's the same way. Counter Strike, you know, Go is the same way. Um, I felt like this um, was even lower on the skill totem than something like Rocket League. Okay, 
Yeah. Uh, and that's not throwing any shade at Rocket League. I liked Rocket League, but after about yeah. six months of playing Rocket League, of you know, an hour or two every few days, I, I just felt like I had seen and done it all without me just saying like, oh, "Fuck it, I'm going to esports pro at Rocket, Rocket League." You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's that's kind of the issue I've run into. The, the one other thing, and, and I hate to complain about this, uh, is that Valorant's free. Mm-hmm. Uh, Counter Strike Go is free. Yep. Rocket League's free. Yep. Apex Legends is free. Yep. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is not free, but is <laughs> a is a very different thing. Right. I, I was just I was trying to conflate it in my head. I'm like, no, it's too different. Yeah. Uh, but like, a uh, Call of Duty Warzone is free. Right. Um, this game is twenty dollars. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's $20 on switch. It's $20 on PlayStation. Yeah. Uh, If you have game pass, it is available, uh, on that service through PC and Xbox for free. Right. I don't know how long it'll be on there. Stuff does come and go from that service. So at some point you might need to pay for it on one of those systems. And, you know, if you are one of those people who hops in and you become knockout city, you know, fucking elite bastard, Right. Uh, yeah, at some point you might have to give them their blood money or maybe this is part of EA's uh, master plan is that by the time that that thing's going to be coming off of Game Pass, it'll be free anyway. Yeah. Uh, maybe they're just going to maybe they're trying to take the approach of get your money up front first from the people that are going to want to give it to you right. and then get everybody else in the pool later to fill out your servers. Right. What do you give the people who paid 20 for it, though, in that case? Is that a well, the, the people who paid money, you get skins in the game. That's true. If you yeah. if with the base game, you just give them a naked version of it for free. Yeah. OK. And then they earn the in-game currency to unlock more shirts and emotes and that kind of stuff. Or they can pay money or they can pay for it. Yeah. So. Uh, and also you give like a founder's pack to everyone else when it goes free. Just, you know, it's right. here's the equivalent of ten dollars in in-game currency. Have exactly. Go have fun. Yeah, buy one shirt. Yeah, we've, yeah exactly. We, we we've seen Fortnite. We know that makes people millions and millions of dollars. So, you know. Yeah. Know, so, the uh, you know, I I don't necessarily know that I hate this idea mm-hmm. um, because you know they spent a lot of money to make this. This is a this is a well crafted game. That's you know it, it. Say what you want about the art style. I certainly have, uh, <laughs> but you know it's. Th- they spent money to make this. So like, uh, yeah, I, who am I to, you know, begrudge them for making their, their ends off of this, but I just don't know competitively right now, you know, by the fall, is anybody going to care about knockout city? Yeah. Yeah. How are you going to remind people that it is free? Right. You know, like it's, uh, especially if you're on a platform like the Nintendo switch. Yeah. How do you, have you tried to navigate that store recently? Uh, Yeah. Oh my god! Unless yeah. you know the name of the thing you're looking for, good luck. Yeah, no, I, I only it's it's actually much easier on the browser if I if you just go to web browser and just do it there, it's way easier. That, that's, that's that's how I that's browse for games. Up, it's a fucked up thing to say. Yeah, is that you know how to, uh, the best way to search the <laughs> Switches online store? Yeah, to go to your computer and pull it up there. Like, yeah, what the <laughs> fuck? I go to my PC, I open up Google, and I and I. Google Chrome and I and I surf it there and that's where I buy my game and then I just so download ten it. or so years ago Giant Bomb uh, used to have a section of the podcast where they would talk about the Nintendo eShop releases mm-hmm. because it, they all look like it was all from some code that they were able to pull out that was a description text 
So they all read like they were written by psychopaths. Uh, So they would have a section at the end of the show where they would read the description of, you know, like, oh, you're hanging out with the Puyus. For, you know, the Nintendo DSi wear shop and stuff like that. So uh, the the funny thing was when they ended up stopping to do that, somebody wrote in like a really sad letter that was, man, like, I know that you guys shit all over the DSiWare stuff, but I actually really liked that part of the podcast because it was easier to listen to the podcast than to actually try to browse that store. <laughs> browse it, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Because it was just like labyrinthian and stupid. Yeah. Uh, but oh. yeah, like the... Uh, uh, I, I think Knockout City is something that it it could... You know, six months from now, we could be looking back on this going like, oh shit, man, I was wrong, dog. Right. And I might be. And I'm not saying it's bad. I just don't know that launching it at $20 and then hoping to pull in more people later after you get that upfront money is necessarily the best play here. Right. But with how empty the back half of this year is starting to look, uh, maybe that's not a bad idea. It's true. Did you hear that stuff that Sony announced the other day? I mean, they need to, uh, no. What was, what did they announce the other day? Oh, uh, so they did that. Uh, I think it was right after the last podcast we recorded. Um, they did their horizon. What is it? Forbidden West. Forbidden West. Uh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they announced in there that, yo, that's also going to be a PS4 game. Right. And then the next day they announced that God of War is a PS4 game and Gran Turismo is a PS4 game. And those games aren't coming out until next year. Okay. Uh, so remember when we said on this very podcast a couple of years ago how we're Sony and we believe in generations? Yeah. They, they believe in a generation that will never end. <laughs> <laughs> They're just uh, scraping on that four for as much as they can, I guess. Well, well, it's that it, it's the hardware shortage stuff, I guess. Yeah. And also there's a hundred and something million PlayStations out there. But at a certain point, like what was all that bluster and huff and puff about generation shit for? Like you're, 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 they're doing exactly what Microsoft is doing, except doing it worse. Right. Uh, because that smart delivery stuff, like with the one exception of me fucking up that install and putting that Xbox Series X game on an external drive. Yeah. Uh, so it didn't run right. Yeah. Uh, if you're only using like a Series X and you go to install something, that smart delivery thing that I made fun of. Yeah. Automatically checks your hardware and downloads the correct version. Right. You don't select anything. You just hit go and then oh. it picks the right one. It goes to the store for you and it throws it on there. That's it. It's all it has to do. Right. It's perfect. Huh. Um, and then the Sony one, you have to go into your install category and then go to the game and make sure you're installing the right version of the game, the PS5 version, not the PS4 version. And sometimes it's a little hard to tell. And you know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that this is an ultimate inconvenience, but I'm talking about for your most casual of users. Like, why is that that complicated? It shouldn't be that complicated. Right. Yeah. Why doesn't your store know that I'm on a PS5? Yeah, like, yeah, it's true. Shouldn't it just figure that out? Oh, that's what smart delivery is. And they didn't have that. So. Yeah, it should probably like be able to tell, like, because you know every da- every download on on the PC will tell you whether or not you're on a PC or a Mac. So yes, you know, and Mac. it just does it. Yeah, it's it's not like Microsoft fucking cornered the market. Yeah, exactly. You know, like my phone when I the rare occasion that I ever download a phone game, if there's a version for more powerful phones. It just does it. It doesn't say, hey, what kind of phone do you have? Because they don't trust me to know what kind of phone I have. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it just optimizes itself and goes. Yeah. Like, I just don't see what the big fucking deal is. Yeah. 
No, uh, no. And also, like, you know, I, that leaves Sony in a very interesting position uh, as far as, okay, so, you know, I was already thinking Microsoft should shit can the Xbox One and One X version of Halo Infinite that comes out this year. Mm-hmm. If yeah. Sony's already telling you that the new God of War that comes out next Christmas is a PS4 game, dude, what the fuck? Yeah, why would you buy a PS5 at all? Like, uh, or, yeah, why would you be in a hurry? Yeah. Uh, and also, like, you know, I guess that's supposed to make you feel better about the fact that they can't make the system that they want to sell you? Like, I, I, I don't yeah. know what that means. I, You know, I think you might be onto something that maybe, maybe it's just, maybe that supply route is still just clogged or being artificially, you know, uh, sanctioned. Um, and they just can't get what they need to make these units. So they're just... They're just preparing, you know. Yeah, maybe they're being overly cautious. Uh, yeah. But you know, in positive news, for the first time in God, well over a year, mm-hmm. um, General Motors, their stock went through the roof this week when they said their semiconductor shortage is over. Right. Yeah. They said it's I, it's business as usual from here on out. So right. maybe the market has finally corrected itself. Like hell, you could get. Hey, man, if did you have twelve hundred dollars last week? Yeah. You could have uh, got one of those thirty eighty Ti's. Yeah. It's true. They were just on shelves. People were, I mean, they, they bought them eventually, but did you want to pay $1,200 for a video card? <laughs> <laughs> did you? I mean, I'm just, I'm just asking. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, like the, uh, you know, availability of some of this stuff is, it's definitely not good, but it yeah. seems to have gotten better. Right. So. Yeah. But that's, uh, in, in a long story short, Knockout City. Knockout City, <laughs> baby. Catch it? I don't know. Catch it. Like the plague? What? <laughs> Sorry. Like herpes. Um, like herbals. Um, yeah, man. Uh, but that's what we've played, guys, which means it's time to talk about what we were going to talk about. I'm so fucking on. excited. Yeah. Let's talk <laughs> I'm about- so excited. You're so excited to talk about these games. Let's I really see. am. Yeah, I guess I'll start off the list here. So for, uh, you yeah. know, yeah, just so we don't without further ado, yes. uh, I'm going to start the list here with a fucking banger. Yes. Um, so I mentioned this game earlier. I think this game is crucially important to the success of movie licensed games and just how much mm-hmm. money was out there to be made. Mm-hmm. You could make some money with a shit product. Yes. But Activision proved... After the shocking success of a middling Spider-Man One video game, that was the uh, uh, that was the movie licensed Spider-Man game from the first Sam Raimi film from was that 2000? 2001? 2000 Period. Yeah, two thousand. So two thousand. Okay, mm-hmm. and then uh, so in two thousand two, I believe it was mm-hmm. uh, Spider-Man Two. Yeah, uh, finally brought the. Uh, the the web slinger. I fucking hate that phrase. Um, <laughs> to uh, consoles with an open world mm-hmm. variation. It, in people were still in the hangover of Grand Theft Auto Three. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and they were greeted with Spider Man Two, an open world, open city Spider Man game where you got to you know fucking zip and flick around the city and yeah, you know shoot webs at people and make cum jokes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> jokes. I mean, um, I did. Like, this is the one because everyone everyone really enjoyed the um, the 2017 Spider Man game. This is the one they always compare it to. This is the one. It's like, oh, that that's what we've 
them wanting is another one of those. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's uh, you know Spider-Man games are uh, you know always hot sellers, even when they're not the best, and it's it's on the shoulders of this because Spider-Man games before this were never like hot shit selling wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that that first movie one was pretty successful because that movie was very very successful, but it was mm-hmm. one of those games that you always sold it a uh, used copy at GameStop when I worked there, you right. know, for fourteen bucks. Uh, to like a seven year old that had just gotten into Spider Man, mm-hmm. uh, but like everyone bought a copy of Spider Man Two. I fucking bought a copy of Spider Man Two. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, the uh, the the way that they integrated standard uh, operating procedure open world stuff into a game where you had ultimate freedom, I thought was super cool. You know, like starting in missions on top of buildings and uh, you know the random. Uh, uh, fights that you would have with Dr. Octopus after finishing a mission and then you'd be opening uh, you'd be you know through the open world city stuff and then boom Dr. Octopus shows up and shit it was cool yeah uh, they also got uh, didn't they get like almost all the voice actors for that thing yeah they, they pretty much did I believe McGuire got back on there Alfred Molina I think they all pretty much signed on for it because you know uh, the, the video game tie-in thing was kind of a big deal at that point because um, Video games started making a whole lot of money then, and you know, comic book movies started to make a whole lot of money. So it was it was lucrative to sign yourself up for you know those those little things. It wasn't like the Street Fighter the movie the game situation where you had to literally beg actors to come in and pose for your <laughs> like for your crappy video game that they're never going to see or you know. Um, yeah, the uh, we were at a point now where uh, I would actually say that um, the fact that most actors had started playing video games on the PS1 in their trailers and shit mm-hmm. in between scenes helped. Yeah. But then the phenomenon uh, that was uh, the PlayStation 2 launch, the photorealistic graphics that like shit like that's me. Yeah. You know, like, you know, I'm in a video game, you know, like that, how they could, they weren't performance capturing characters yet, but they were building high enough polygon character models where you're like, fuck, that's Tobey Maguire, motherfucker. Look at right. Him. Yeah. That's J.K. Simmons. He's yelling at me with a cigar in his mouth. He's yelling. <laughs> it's just, he needs more pictures of Spider-Man. I don't, I don't know. He's not, he's not sexually gratified enough yet. So he needs more pictures. More pictures. Um, but yeah, like, I, I think that that also is the big thing. And then there was just a bunch more money in there. It wasn't like, Hey man, like as part of your arrangement to be in this film, we need to go take some pictures of you. It's, Hey man, how about, you know, uh, stay in town after you're finished filming. We'll pay you a hundred thousand bucks to record some audio. Right. Yep. But why the hell not? Yeah. Wow. Uh, you know, it's, it, it was something that could easily be done as a press tour was going on and stuff like that. You know, not super demanding, you know, come mm-hmm. and go as you please kind of thing. So yeah, like that, that kind of stuff, um, was crucial to, uh, you know, video games getting this acceptance, uh, in the acting community. It, it only became more apparent and more and more, uh, you know, more fleshed out as, technology improved and performance captures and stuff like that. Because right. uh, just like seeing yourself on a magazine cover, having your kid play a video game that has you in it has to be a pretty cool fucking feeling. Absolutely. Uh, 
And also, if somebody's going to chuck a few hundred thousand dollars at you, why not take it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'd take it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the uh, uh, this game actually came out a little bit later than we thought. This is an 04 joint. Okay. So the first game was 02. The second game was 04. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the reviews were just really, really super high for this. It was a game that ended up getting ported fucking everywhere. So it was on... Uh, I'll read this list here real quick. Uh, sure. This Definitely, this is an Activision-ass Activision game from the early 2000s. It was on the Game Boy Advance, the GameCube, the Microsoft Windows, PS2, Xbox, Engage, mm. Microsoft OS X, Nintendo DS, and PSP. Yeah. yeah. Nine platforms. Right. Nine. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the uh, game was so incredibly successful that uh, Sony ended up using that font on their next video game console. So. Uh, but yeah, so uh, that's first game on the list, Spider-Man 2. I think it is a watershed moment for licensed video games. Right. Uh, yeah. And actually a hell of a game. Uh, yeah. I haven't played it in probably seven or eight years, but I would assume it's still wholly playable like it always was. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. But yeah, it'd be interesting to sit down and play that and then play one of the more recent games and go, huh, yeah, these did get better. They're not yeah. just the same. That that <laughs> exactly that does make sense of the 2002 that that it wasn't 2000 and 2002 when Spider-Man came out because uh, the Twin Towers. I forgot about that. That was a whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and that poster that the poster, or, my, the yeah. original poster, aren't those still worth like hundreds of dollars? My dad has one, so probably I don't know. He he got that original poster with the towers in his eye. Um, I don't know if they're still worth anything, but uh, but he has it. So. I bet, given how hot Spider Man is right now, it's probably pretty uh, high. But what's uh, funny is that like most people to be paying that money are probably too young to actually know why it's expensive. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they've heard, but it's like yeah, but like really no, didn't live through it. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but there you go. Um, yeah, what's what's next on our list, Hoss? I guess I'll take that one, right? Next on the list is The Mummy Demastered. Yes, The Mummy Demastered, which was uh, by WayForward Games, uh, the creators of Shantae, one of my favorite video game series out there. Uh, yeah, so this was that crappy freaking Tom Cruise start of the dark universe Alex Kurtzman joint. Um, yeah, this was supposed to be so like Frankenstein and Dracula and the like all the what what are those yeah. called the Universal monsters? Yes, yeah, the Universal monsters, and uh, they were getting, Universal was trying to make their Marvel pitch, and uh, and so they wanted to do the Dark Universe where they do all these all these old horror monsters as like Marvel superheroes for some reason. Um, Man, I love a cinematic universe, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I love when Alex Kurtzman's involved and he just fucks it up every time. So DC's you know. got one. Everyone loves it. There's no flaws in it. None at uh, all. No, no flaws in the DC. No flaws yeah. in Marvel either. I have yeah. friends who think that that's true. Um, that yeah. irritates me. Uh, yeah, those, like those, like those first two Thor movies didn't exist oh, or something. You're right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like maybe they, they didn't get the tone yeah. of what a Marvel movie should be. Maybe, maybe when Eternals comes out, maybe they'll finally see the light. I don't know. But uh, that trailer. Oh boy, that looks like a big sleepy bag of sleep, doesn't it? <laughs> anyway, it, it, it looks like it'll take an eternity to watch. <laughs> hey, there you go, Bazinga! You, uh, you did it. There's that's that's gonna be your first. That's gonna be the first uh, uh, zinger uh, uh, critic thing. Like, what's that? Yep. What's that weird critic with the mustache and the fro? Like ah, oh uh, shit. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
Shallot. Gene Shallot. Gene Shallot. Gene Shallot. Oh, it takes an attorney to watch, you see? <laughs> you cocksuckers. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, but, uh, yes. The Mummy Remastered, uh, this was taken up by WayForward, and they were basically giving given carte blanche to just do whatever they wanted with this um, title, which is odd. Um, so the first thing they did was ignore the movie entirely. Ignore the dark start. Good start. (laughs) Good start. We've all, if you've seen that movie, if you saw that movie trailer with the no sound, which is the funniest thing on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) 20 minutes of Tom Cruise inhaling and yelling. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) But uh, they ignored all that, like, apart from like having like the main last boss, the mummy, who looks like what the the actress says, like the evil mummy or whatever. Um, and they just made a Metroidvania game with some rando, um, uh, uh, like, uh, uh, Marine guy, like running through like a, an Indiana Jones style cave in a Metroidvania style game. And it's freaking awesome. Uh, it is really good. Yeah. Cause it, it's, it's basically like prior to the events of the movie because they're going in to get the mummy. And I think the movie starts when they have the mummy already and it's in some museum. I can't remember that. Mo- that movie has left my brain entirely. Um, cool thing about it. You got your basic. It starts off. You got your basic gun. You're shooting zombies inside this tomb. Giant spiders. It it kind of feels like an old J- LJN style thing because there's just like these enemies you wouldn't see in the movie ever. But there they are. But they're, they're these nice sprites. It's a very uh, SNES or early PlayStation pixelated type of game looking game, you know? Um, 16 yeah, it, this, it's definitely uh, this might resonate with some people mm-hmm. um, if you were playing a lot of games in the Xbox 360 generation mm-hmm. this is like somebody looked at Shadow Complex yes and said mm-hmm. alright well that's yeah. like they took Metroid uh, Super Metroid and made it now what if we took their Super Metroid made now and made it like it was in 16-bit? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, and uh, I think that's like an oversimplification. But uh, yeah, if you want to, even down to a lot of the aesthetics, I feel like that game was heavily inspired by Shadow Complex. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, you know, it, like your main character, his armor, mm-hmm. um, you know, just a lot of the yeah. way that the ability stacking works and everything uh, yeah. felt pretty simple. Exactly. Uh, it also has a cool little um, uh, Hollow Knight uh, thing to it where you, when you die, you become like a zombie and then you're basically the next guy to come into the to the tomb and you can get all those power ups back if you kill your old zombie self, which is really cool, which I that was like. common uh, mm-hmm. uh, around yeah. the same time. Zombie U for the Wii U yeah. uh, mm-hmm. had that mechanic, which I fucking loved. Yeah. Uh, and. Yeah, it's 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 a nice way to kind of you know let you in continuity say, well, why did I get to respawn? It's like, well, you're not the same guy, and you have to go kill the guy that was you. Yep, <laughs> and pick up all your weapons from when uh, after you kill him. So it's pretty cool. Uh, I, I kind of like that. Um, yeah, it, it's just it's it's a really rad game. It's it's very well done. I feel like Way Forward was like already working on another game and just was like. I will just make this that (laughs) and that was it. So they got some, they got a big fat paycheck out of a, out of universal studios along with uh, making an actually good uh, game based off uh, Tom Cruise's the mummy. So, you know, 
take that what you will. <laughs> like, I guess uh, that uh, on that bombshell that right. takes us to the uh, the next item on the list, uh, mm-hmm. a game that pretty much everybody listening to this podcast or playing video games today mm-hmm. has had some form of experience with whether it was in a college dorm room mm-hmm. or a middle school bedroom or drunk uh <laughs> golden i 007 yes and i i'm shocked you wanted to put this one on here uh, uh i i don't dislike golden i 007 i think golden i right. 007 absolutely has its place in the world mm-hmm. i'm just of the opinion that like the people who try to tell you that it's like the greatest thing since sliced bread i'm like dude i was playing quake when this was out on the internet <laughs> exactly yeah uh, it wasn't yeah the same and, era. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, I is I like uh proximity minds only, uh, you yeah. know, as much as everybody else. I like odd job, yeah, punching people in the dick as much as anybody. But uh yeah, I, I I do think though that given the fact the super limited ability of the Nintendo 64 to tell a theatrical style story. Mm-hmm. I think they did a very good job through some light text before missions and just incredibly evocative level design. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is that is the two ways that this game differentiates itself and make, takes it from being just like, that's eh, fine, you know, four player because there were a lot of games that had fine four player split screen uh, death match on the N64. Mm-hmm. Nothing caught on like Goldeneye because yeah. when your buddies weren't over, you could still play a very amazing uh, single player experience mm-hmm. that was in a lot of ways, you know, pulled directly off of your television. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, off of what was one of the, you know, people can look at the Pierce Brosnan bond games, however they want to now uh, movies, not games. Sorry. Uh, the yeah. Pierce Brosnan films uh, that first golden eye yeah. when it came out was a fucking moment. Yeah. Like everybody saw it. Everybody loved it. I learned a lot about myself (laughs) and a little bit about life. I learned a lot about thighs. Yeah. Yes. And And, it uh, was, what's her name? Famke Jensen. Famke Jensen. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think, I think we all boys of a certain age, we all learned a little something. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, But yeah, like it was, uh, you know, it, it's just such a cool game. I think it for the N64, especially without having like the expansion pack uh, to be a game from 97. I think it looks fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it still suffers from all that muddy texture stuff that the N64 had. And yeah. the, the fact that people's heads are just weird boxes. Yeah. Yeah. With the, a with a smudgy texture on it. Yes. Yeah, the 64 <laughs> curse. They just they all look like nightmares. Aged um, like a but, fucking living nightmare. Yeah. Like you said, like the level designs feel really good in that game. You you, you don't they they they're they're labyrinthian. Well, they're not they're big, but they're not labyrinthian. You never feel lost in them. You're not wandering around for a key card. It doesn't have that doom to uh, feel where it's like, yeah. fuck, man, like where the hell's a green key? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the hidden wall I have to click on to get this? Yeah. Yeah, it's horseshit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it, it's not bogged down by that. It was more. It, it was only concerned with being a cool game. Yeah, yeah. That cool. looked and felt like Bond. Yeah, yeah. Cool kill animations, headshots, just fun stuff like that. And just cool. happened to luck into the fact that uh, you know Brosnan was using more guns than gadgets. Yep. Because I don't think the gadgets are very good in that game. No. But luckily. He w- was using so many guns in that movie that he didn't care. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. It felt like that Bond movie. Yeah, it did. It you know, people like weren't that. sitting here like, you know, like we are 25 years later and going like, oh, do you think that reflects on the Bond franchise as a whole? It's like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really give a shit, Steve. Pierce <laughs> <laughs> Brosnan's a handsome man. He, uh... It's your turn to bowl. Get the fuck up there. Stop talking. <laughs> Stop talking. What the hell is this? I was just writing a blog on the internet. The what? What are you talking about? Shut the fuck up. This is 1997. No one knows what you mean. What do you mean? Anyway. Yeah, I, I was writing on a message board. <laughs> a message uh, board on a BB. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, yeah. GoldenEye, I think, uh, absolutely success. Uh, yeah. You know, one of the biggest reasons that specifically in the United States, the Nintendo 64 remained far more relevant than it did in any other territory mm-hmm. uh, because there was no you know, limited supply of teenage boys and dorm rooms and high school bedrooms with a bunch of buddies that could come over and play it with them. So yep. mm-hmm. uh, and it made everybody buy four controllers and it made everybody buy a copy of that game and the expansion pack when Perfect Dark came out. And mm-hmm. that's how Nintendo kept themselves afloat. But yep. uh, moving on, we got another licensed game here that uh, was divisive in a weird way. But yeah. Also, we'll put this under an umbrella, mm-hmm. Aladdin. Yes, uh, for both the umbrella being both Genesis and the Super NES versions. Um, I think both of those versions have merit. Um, I really... How dare you? Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I really enjoyed the Genesis version. We had the Genesis one. Um, still do. I think it's uh, sitting on the shelf over there. Um, or it's at my brother's. I can't remember. Uh, but um, yeah, uh, it, and they were very similar in, in game... Or not in gameplay, but in, uh, in game level... Uh, very similar in how the levels are designed and how they're, they play out. I think they all have the same, um, I think they all have the same, uh, progression. You know, you, you start off in the marketplace, you go to the dungeon, you do like, they all kind of have that same, you know. Yeah. Uh, the overall progression of, uh, of what the, the titled and themed mm-hmm. levels were, but the games are completely yeah. different, completely different games, completely. They were not like ported over from one to the other. These were entirely separate games. Um, uh, Aladdin in the Genesis one has a sword. Aladdin in Super NES does not. He has apples. They both have apples, but he only has apples, and he can jump on enemies and, like, flip off of them. Uh, he has a more acrobatic style of, uh, of attacks. Um, but the animation on the Genesis version is just smooth as butter. Like, it's every frame... Of, of animation and it's very Disney style, uh, uh, Disney style of animation where, uh, you know, we're just climbing a rope, like, just like you can see like every motion of the hips as they climb up a rope and, you know, stuff like that. Very, very interesting to see as a kid, you know, to see like a cartoon kind of play out as, as things are going on. Fun little Easter eggs of things, the way that, uh, the way that enemies would interact with, uh, certain ways that you attack them. If you threw an apple at them, some of them wouldn't be affected, but they would still get hit and like they'd be, you know, angry or whatever, but they wouldn't take any damage. So just really cool stuff, man. Like I, I, I loved both of those games. I, uh, I, I didn't appreciate this, the SNES game until late teenage years, I think, because uh, I had the Genesis version as a kid, but we never had the the SNES version. So going back in and playing it, it's actually a little bit easier as well. Uh, Cave of Wonders is still bullshit on both of them. Doesn't matter. So escaping <laughs> the cave, it doesn't matter. See, escaping the Cave of Wonders is always bullshit. Uh, it's just memorization. It's horseshit. Can't stand it. 
Um, but yeah, um, I remember slaving over that over that game when I was a kid. That, that was that was I, I tried really hard to beat that game and finally did. Um, and uh, I think I only ever beat it once, but I played through it a bunch of times. I think I always just kind of gave up at the same spot after that. But uh, the yeah. uh, the big situation with Aladdin and that kind of trailed over to, I think the lion King as well is that uh, the team that was working on Aladdin, if I'm not mistaken for the Genesis was the same team that had made that Mickey mouse castle of illusion game. Okay. Yeah. So they already had a legacy of working on the Genesis where they were much newer to the SNES. Got it. Um, and also they had, uh, they had mastered like the, uh, the sound chip, the Yamaha sound chip that was in the Genesis. So you're able mm-hmm. to get much better audio. And you know, there was just, there, there was a lot of reasons right. uh, why that team was much more seasoned. If I'm not mistaken, this is drilling way far back into my memory, uh, right. but they were much more seasoned uh, on the Genesis hardware, uh, which you saw a lot early on. Uh and also in these days, you're not porting a game. Yeah. You're building a different version of a game to go on a different platform. So there's different, and as the generation would go on, people would be able to lean in this into more of the strengths and lean out of the weaknesses of the Genesis uh, of the SNES uh, right. itself. The Genesis was easier to grab hold of and easier to program for. It's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why Mortal Kombat One, uh, that was ported by, I believe it was core entertainment mm-hmm. um, is so much better than the SNES version of uh, Mortal Kombat. It's not just the blood that SNES version is just fucking junk. Yeah. Uh, and early on uh, a lot of like multi-platform things that had to be individually coded. Uh, people were able to grab onto the Genesis and make better results quicker. But mm-hmm. as that generation wore on the, you know, the fine wine hardware, of the SNES, you know, uh, the ability to do more colors and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, more accurate sound uh, recreation as opposed to just MIDI stuff that that Yamaha chip could do from the Genesis. Yeah. Uh, ended up with just better audio and better visuals and all kinds of stuff. And then you add in all that super scalar uh, mode seven kind of stuff. And, you know, the, the SNES was just way out punching it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, Aladdin is one of those situations where, the Genesis game looks better, but for my money and based on everybody that has taken a much you know, later adult look at it, about mm-hmm. everybody says the SNES version is better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even though it looks worse. So yeah, it's a complicated pass, but it's like neither one of those is necessarily a bad game. No, so. no, by, by no stretch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the SNES version feels a little more innovative. It feels a little more like uh aladdin the the movie i would say because aladdin's not cutting people up with a sword in the <laughs> so yeah you know so there you go uh so the next game mm-hmm. uh that i have uh is the thing yes so I, i've heard that this is really good i've never played it it's fantastic especially for the time yeah. Uh, you know, it's based on the, you know, and this is another one of those things I had mentioned earlier about like it is based on the movie, uh, but this is one that came way later. So I'm sure this this license was probably a little bit easier uh, to get their hands on, right. a little less expensive. Yeah. Uh, and it ended up producing like on a pretty conservative budget, a 
damn cool game that I would actually like to return to. I'm curious if there's a PC version of this that is up to snuff. If not, I'll have to dig out my Xbox because right. I still own a copy of this for the Xbox. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this is a game came out in 02. Um, it was published, um, I believe in the US, I believe it was published by Konami. Yeah. Um, and this is a game that it's a return to the facility. Mm-hmm. So this is a sequel um, to the original 1982 film. Uh, going in, things have really started to get out of hand. Uh, there's a lot of uh, homages uh, made to uh, the things that had happened in the previous film. Uh, but this is, you're the retrieval team that's sent in to go pick everybody up. Um, and so there's, uh, just in Resident Evil 1 fashion, there's a first team that's sent into one side of the camp and you're sent into the other camp during like a really bad snowstorm and mm-hmm. they all go missing and Bravo team has to go find them. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's one, one of those kind of things. I'm not going to sit here and say this game is uh, uh, in any way wholly original. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, this was not originally going to be a The Thing game. I think this was originally decided just to be its own thing, and they were able to get uh, the license later on. Uh, but yeah, this is definitely, uh, if you're somebody who likes third-person shooters, if you are you know sitting around with a PS2 or an Xbox, I believe it's also on the GameCube. No, mm-hmm. it was just Windows, PS2, and Xbox. Um, this game's absolutely uh, cool to go back to. It was very technologically forward uh, uh, for its time, and I bet... You know, especially on a nice CRT, or if you've got like an open source scan converter, I would still hold up uh, visually as well. But uh, yeah. yeah, I like the game. It's yeah, you're very typical, uh, more run and gun than survival horror, mm-hmm. but it's somewhere in between. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely more actiony. But uh, yeah, I really liked it. Uh, very. The cool. next game on the list, yes, is a game that is very near and dear to my heart. But I'm going to let you introduce it. It is the Chronicles of Riddick: Escape from Butcher Bay. Yes, Chronicles of Riddick series, uh, the first being Pitch Black uh, was the first in movie. Film. In <laughs> film, yeah. Uh, Pitch Black was uh, the first bit of uh, Vin Diesel's first big vehicle, let's say. Um, it was. Yeah, because this was prior to Fast and Furious, correct? Yeah, I uh, believe, yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Pitch Black was 99 or 2000, and then 2001 is uh, Fast and Furious. That's and, right. Uh, Saving Private Ryan was what, 98? 98, I think, yeah. So. And he had a kind of a bit part in that. Yeah, yeah. He, he was he was well remembered for, for these. Th- this was the ones that kind of like made him like, oh, because he wasn't even the star of Pitch Black. He was like, like he was the star, but it was a. No, he was, he was the star. <laughs> he was an ensemble cast. It was an ensemble cast kind of thing, but uh, he, uh, you know, he kind of was the standout. Uh, character and everything. And uh, yeah. who was the other guy? Was it Cole Hauser? Is that that guy's name? Yeah, yeah I think yeah, so. He was the the male antagonist you know mm-hmm. keith david was in there being keith david yep. but uh keith david always doing his thing rada mitchell yeah was actually the female lead in that who mm-hmm. all right so she was in that and then she was a man on fire what else she, she been in she was a great character in that movie actually i i did probably my favorite character in that movie um but uh very interesting uh th- i i enjoyed pitch black a lot um chronicles of riddick happened that movie is a stinker um, absolutely makes oh, no, I, I, oh, I love it so much. It's so, it, it really is. It's, it's like, I remember watching that movie and just being just like, what is happening? But I, I was enjoying myself at the very least. Um, you know, 
and uh, it's based more around there. This is when they've expanded this this uh, universe into into what it is now. And uh, um, I think uh, this is a prequel to Pitch Black, or was it a prequel to Chronicles of Riddick? Uh, this is a prequel to Pitch Black. Yeah, this is how he escapes escaped from first Butcher time. Bay. Yeah, it's how he escaped the first time from Butcher Bay, yes. Because uh, yeah, fir- Johns, Cole Hauser's character Johns, yeah. at the very beginning of the game, Escape from Butcher Bay, is taking him to Butcher Bay. Yes. And then you have a fantasy that you escape, and then in the game you actually do escape. Right. So the prequel, uh, well, the, the prologue is you actually fantasizing that you're escaping like super easily. Right. <laughs> you're like, shit, I'm like 45 minutes into this game. Is this over? oh okay Uh, got it yeah yeah. it's pretty cool because like i remember what stuck with me when we first played this game was like the first thing you do is you beat up a guard and then you're just in the you're in this prison now this this desolate judge dread-esque kind of underworld prison you know that's kind of based on a sci-fi version of the seven you know the the seven layers of hell kind of thing um, and you just kind of got to fight your way through it. And uh, you've got, there's a shadow mechanic in this, if I remember right, correct? Yeah. Yeah. There's like a light and shadow mechanic. Yep. Uh, you've got some uh, counters. You got some counterattacks. You can block punches. Awesome first person punching mm-hmm. combat. Yeah. Yeah. Really good stuff. Like the combat here is like, it's very unique. I don't remember anything being like this prior. Um, you can I believe breakdown beat this game by like a year, but okay. was nowhere near as polished. Okay. Yeah. So, um, this was, uh, in, to just to prove how cool their first person combat was, they make you win a fucking fight club at the beginning of that game. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, which I love. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, it, this, this game really embraces like pretty much everything that it, that it sets up. Um, which is really cool about it. Um, you know, it does, it doesn't forget about its ideas. It knows exactly what the, the gameplay is, you know, and I never got far in it, so I don't know if it gets repetitive or anything like that later in. No, it actually Um, becomes incredibly, incredibly deep. Like it's, it's fucking insane. Like this game is great. There, uh, there's like a fucking monster sequence in here with, uh, people that have hung out in the sewers for too long. Uh, you actually get to meet the fucking doctor that you give a pack of menthol cools to that fucking shines your eyes. Oh yeah. Uh, Like it's, dude, it's fucking great. Uh, exhibit is one of the voice actors in this game. He's one of the head guards and he's a fucking dick. That's right. I forgot exhibit was in there. I forgot about that. (laughs) Yo, man, your eyes are about to get pimped. I heard you like shiny eyes. Well, (laughs) but yeah, like uh, this, I cannot say enough good things about it. I bought this game completely, completely on a whim. The summer of two, that was that 2005. Um, Yeah, I believe it was the last summer of the uh, original Xbox. Um, It was so, and it was exclusive to the Xbox and PC. Uh, And it was so far technically beyond. It made you wonder if, like, what if the Xbox hung around another year after Halo 2 came out? Could they have maybe pushed the needle a little bit more and maybe caught up to Sony a little bit? Right. But Microsoft was losing so much money on hardware at that point that they were they had no interest in that. Right. Um, but the it just showed you how much juice that fucking thing had left in it. 
yeah. like just how inconceivably good looking it was. Uh, the the idea that uh, much in the same way as like when you go into ball mode in uh, uh, Metroid Prime, how it switches to third person. Mm-hmm. They had a really good series of sequences where in that game, the only time it ever broke first person was for cool cinematics that it made sense for. Yeah, um, it just it, it was really smart. Um, about the way that it did that because like if you never come out of first person why have vin diesel yeah right yeah man, precisely you know you know it, yeah. it it understood what it was mm-hmm. what it was trying to be and i think it succeeded in all the ways that those other films never did yeah um it's well written it's well paced they should have made that fucking movie right she just made that movie why did you make why did you make Chronicles? Yeah, I would have watched Vin Diesel like punch the shit out of people in a fucking fight club inside of a weird, right. you know, triple max prison. It's the best scene in Chronicles of Riddick. The movie is when it he gets is. put when he gets put in the prison. And he has to break yeah, out. Then, so. then they have to run across a planet. Yeah, that, that part sounds good. Uh, and then there's like space guys that are ghosts. Yeah. Yeah, the necromongers, I necro- believe, was their necromongers. Name? Yeah, that's oh right. Oh my god! Jeez. All right, let's stop talking about this. The warriors, <laughs> the warriors. Another, another movie uh, <laughs> and for the PS2 and the Xbox. So mm-hmm. off the uh, this was um, off the success of uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Mm-hmm. Um, at, as everyone was waiting for, what is the next Grand Theft Auto game going to be? That same year, uh, Rockstar announced that they were going to be making Manhunt and The Warriors. Yeah. Uh, a weird, like, S&M uh, murder simulator and a game based off the movie from 1979 that most of you have never seen. Yeah. Um, it's you've probably heard the parody of Warriors. <laughs> Come out to play. Uh, I love the Warriors. I yes. think the Warriors is a fantastic game. I think it's a fantastic movie. I think everything else that's ever been done with it, including the director's cut of the original Warriors, that they is the only way you can fucking buy it now. I hate it. Yeah. Like it uh, so the Warriors is basically the story of 300. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much exactly that. Better than the movie 300. (laughs) That's not subjective. That's objective. That's objectively true, we would say. Uh, Yeah, because they're going to bop their way all the way back to Coney. But so the Warriors movie is actually perfect for a video game. It is. Uh, The movie is basically just a video game. It is. Uh, So, you know, all these gangs from town are meeting together because they are going to discuss a treaty uh, so that they can finally stand up against the authority in New York. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a conspiracy afoot in the film that you end up discovering much later that, you know, someone has been incentivized to take out the leader. Right. Uh, that was going to be unifying all these gangs whose name I, I blank on right now, which really sucks. I always know this, but I, I digress. So basically right. the, the the man who's going to uni- unify all the gangs of New York uh, fails because right. he's dead. Uh, and the warriors get framed for the murder. Right. So they have to do two things. They need to not die and they need to get back to Coney Island where their where their turf is. Right. Uh, in one piece. And so that movie they introduce like the uh what is it, the baseball uh shit. What are the names of the gangs of the Warriors? Oh man, uh, it's hard to uh, it's hard to remember all that. But uh, uh yeah. All these colorful gangs, these oh, yeah, the destroyers, the gladiators, mm-hmm. uh yeah, like the, what are the what is the baseball one? It's my favorite name. Yeah, I'm sure it's ridiculous, uh, but uh, all these colorful type of types of uh, of uh, gangs and stuff like that for a '70s movie. It's very, very Escape from New York vibe to it, uh, post-apocalyptic, but not 
like desolate, let's say. Like there's still it's a small furious. There you go. Oh, there you go. I just found a website from 2002. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it it sets up all these situations where like, all right, well now I've gotten here, and then you get on uh, you know, a form of transportation that takes you to the next level set, which introduces you to the next gang. So the movie itself was filled with 22 gangs. So it it gave all of this fodder for the for the game to just have all this new stuff to show you all these new people to fight that look different and uh it was just rife with commentary they were able to get almost all of the original voice actors back to reprise their roles Mm -hmm. it's just if if you played that game and you didn't go back and watch that movie afterwards like what, what were you doing like it 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 sets up this amazing just cool semi-future world where gangs may be about to run the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, which side of, you know, this new defined law, which side are you going to be on? Right. Uh, And I just loved it. And I think Rockstar, better than anybody, they do pulp. Yeah. Like like nobody else does. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that uh, The Warriors is one of the best movie licensed games of all time. And it's the one that nobody knew they actually wanted. (laughs) Because who would have thought they would have fucking made it? Right. Uh, But yeah, I loved it. So yeah, that's uh, that's The Warriors. So we've only got a few games left on the list here. We're running a little long, so we'll make this a little bit quick. But your next game is Batman for the NES. For the NES. Batman for the NES. The probably the best music on the NES ever. Period. I, 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 I don't think that there's anybody that tops it. And I love me some Mega Man music. Don't get me wrong. But I think this tops all Mega Man music. Was, a, was it Konami? Was it a Konami joint? Was it? No, it was a Sunsoft joint. Sunsoft. Sunsoft. That's right. It was a Sunsoft joint. Um, some of the best uh, uh, cinematics on this on the NES. Like, right up there with, uh, with uh, Ninja Gaiden. Like, just really cool, still, like like great use of basic um, illusion of animation. Uh, like when the Batmobiles like head into the, you know, head into the, uh, the, 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 the chemical plant and you just, Oh yeah. See the, the and the, the music's playing. It's so good. The, you see Batman kind of like come into the light and it just, it's straight up Michael Keaton, Batman, like, and everything looks like the characters themselves. Um, well, and the best usage of color that the system has, say whatever, yes. say whatever you want about purple Batman, mm-hmm. but they were able to get such good quality, smooth scrolling mm-hmm. uh, because so much of the uh, the background was black. Yep. And uh, because like, all right, so it could, you could either have your black Batman uh, or you could make this purple Batman mm-hmm. and you could end up with like much more sparse backgrounds that yep. were a lot more detailed. Mm-hmm. And it has some of the best backgrounds that you'll get on the nest. It has some of the tightest controls you'll get on the nest. It yep. also has some of the best animations you'll get on the, uh, on the NES. It's mm-hmm. fucking astounding what they were able to do in 1989 yeah. from a movie licensed game that was made under a time crunch. I mean like Sunsoft I've, I've gone on many times, whether it's blaster master or anything else, like Sunsoft went on a run that few companies ever do. Yeah. And I loved Sunsoft games. Yeah. Uh, Until, until they did me too wrong for too long, but yeah, uh, there was was a time there, especially latter era uh, NES where they were just fucking hot to trot, man. Yeah. Apart from a difficulty level that really spikes at the end, this is a it's a near perfect game. Like it really is. Um, That last level is like, is 
agonizingly painfully hard um yeah well, even and, even with memorization there's so many random bits that get thrown at you that are so irritating um i'll make a argument for something that up until uh it, it, tell me if you agree or not up until mario brothers 3 which was significantly easier than mario 1 and 2 yeah uh, i don't think anybody actually stressed over finishing a game you um, wanted it to be fair enough for you to get far yeah, but I don't think most people with uh, with action adventure games were really that concerned with uh, with beating it. Yeah, I feel like I, Mario Three is where I, I after that it was just like no, I gotta fucking finish this. Yeah, it's true, and and as much as I really did enjoy it, I did like for for the most part when I played this game, it was mostly a distraction. So when I would get to the point to where I would always die, I would kind of die, and then I would you know get picked up by my parents because I was over at my grandma's. That was kind of the that was kind of the formula. So it was never, you know, it was never like a big big Get deal. Picked up I, by your parents? Were you saying some kind of baby? Uh, yeah, I was a child. I couldn't I couldn't drive. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I was a little baby. Um, but yeah, man, like just like the fact that like so, the music in this game, the visuals just stick in my head for for the longest time. Like even playing in 64 games and GameCube games, I just always think back to like, man, like how did they get this out of that? Or playing Castlevania, uh, uh, symphony of the night. Like this reminds me of symphony of the night. And it was, Mm -hmm. it, it was like 15 years before it, 20 years before it. Like it's crazy. Well now maybe about 10 years, whatever, but still like, that's crazy to me that, that, that a PlayStation one pseudo, um 16 bit game looks as good as an 8 bit game on the NES like it it's crazy it's nuts so the uh you know it, it, i just uh, i just adore uh batman 89 i i love the movie i yeah. think uh i think anyone who talks shit nowadays about that movie is a fucking idiot and you fool. weren't there fool you weren't you weren't there yeah like people, it's like oh you're oh you're fucking fifteen and have seen some Marvel movies yeah fuck fuck you people like, were shaving that symbol into their hair like it was huge I did the bat dance there you go okay. it's a, like it, that movie was huge um I I grew to appreciate it a little bit more when I was older I it scared me when I was a kid but I was a very young child when that movie came out so you know uh but yeah like growing up and and like going back and watching that movie I was like man this was good what happened. Because then, then you watch like, you know, the and I remembered uh, liking. Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't that long ago. I guess it was probably uh, it was around the time that uh, Batman Arkham Asylum came out. I went back and watched all those original Batman movies again. and yeah. realized that I love 89 and Returns way more uh, than I thought <laughs> I did. And that holy shit, what is Batman forever? <laughs> holy shit yes i know it, it's, it's it's like i want you to peel all the nostalgia out of your brain yeah. about uh those glass mugs from mcdonald's and all mm-hmm. that kind of shit yeah uh, and uh, you know fucking good soundtrack and all that kind of stuff i want you to pull that out of your brain yep and i want you to sit down and watch that movie with the it, bat nipples yeah Wait, was that bad. nipples or was that just that, butt that that was just butt nipples came at batman robin <laughs> okay uh, yeah i'll but let it slide for nipples <laughs> still still joel schumacher still just kind of presenting this weird like pseudo not really thing and then he just went off the wall with batman and robin which i which i kind of sort of love 
because I kind of respect it because it, it's yeah it's a love letter to the to the old the old 60s yeah, it's Batman 66 show. yeah yeah it's Batman 66 and it's kind of like it, yeah for that it's it's kind of perfect like I, I don't I can't really hate it so but yeah great great game great game from the original though so there you go so uh, that does it for Batman for the NES, which if you haven't played it and you got any, a way to play NES uh, game sitting around, uh, definitely, definitely do that. Uh, mm-hmm. Next game is going to be Alien Isolation. Uh, what is there to say about Alien Isolation that we haven't already said on this channel before? Um, I think it is one of the best movie licensed properties ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's one of the most uh, impressive values uh, in video games, especially nowadays, where you can get like regularly on sale, like the full game with all the DLC and extra missions and all that shit for like five bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's phenomenal to look at. It's amazing sounding. It has one of the coolest AI models built for uh, uh, for the Xenomorph itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's still lavishly produced. Uh, I actually went back and played. Uh, the Xbox One version, it's on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. No, actually, I own it. That's why it's in my library. But yeah, like it's one of those games that they added the higher frame rate mode to. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's still only like 900p. They didn't fix the resolution or anything, but it running at 60, uh, 60 FPS on my big ass TV. It looks fucking great. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's just one of those games that uh, you can go back. We did a podcast on this. We did a video series on it. It's on our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this game fucking rules. Yeah. And it is a crime mm-hmm. that we will never get a sequel to it. Yeah. Uh, it's such a fucking shame. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's still here. It's it's the story of what happened to uh, Ellen Ripley's daughter mm-hmm. uh, after the events of Alien. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, actually, after the events of Aliens, when they're yeah. going to retrieve the black box from a space station called Sevastopol that is uh, not owned by shit, what's the corporation? Whalen Utonics. Uh, yeah, not Wayne, uh, owned by Whalen Utani. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, it's owned by this other corporation that doesn't really have <laughs> the funds to make a lot of really cool androids. They're all sort of. Uh, creepy creepy uh (laughs) and you'll have you'll have a good time yeah um it's it's also incredibly long it's like 30 hours long Mm -hmm. and i don't mean that in a bad way the interface on that game is really cool i love the interface it feels like like 80s sci-fi you know 1979 yeah like phosphor phosphor glow off all the monitors yeah it's just every keyboard super clicky when your character touches it's all the stuff that you want man feels clunky feels like it's just not right you know (laughs) well that that whole space station just feels like it sucks yeah right yeah it's a big yeah great stuff and that that, that was the thing about alien was that it, it, it took that trucker mentality that that life on the road mentality into space like that was the whole point so. Space truckers, man. Space truckers, baby. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, last one uh, is Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. Mordor. Uh, yeah. From the Lord of the Rings series. Uh, there you go. So Wait. This goes all the way back to the start mm-hmm. of this podcast. In the first year yes. of uh, Video Destruct, I named mm-hmm. uh, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor Game of the Year. You did. You did. Um, it also won Game of the Year in many, many categories in many of the uh, the um, whatever superlatives, superlatives, and, and and the Game Awards around the around. And, the yeah, and, and in the the overall press, not just us. I yeah, mean, that was a very that. very popular pick. It was. It was also a very thin year, uh, mm-hmm. but that does not diminish what this game was. Right. Uh, it was incredible. So it's all of the movement and. Uh, 
you know, free flowingness that you would expect out of uh, an Assassin's Creed game, but faster. Everything's yeah. faster. Everything moves faster. Right. Um, so the ability to shoot these spirit arrows and then have that, uh, you know, collide with a person and transport you forward and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's so many situations in that game where like you'll be, you know, there's a lot of stealth in there, like the early Assassin's Creed games kind of had mm-hmm. uh, where you could sneak all around this facility and infiltrate the mines of yeah. all of these guys that, uh, you know, that are all like the arrow guardsmen. And I remember there was one of the most pivotal scenes in that video game where I infected all of these arrow guards and I jumped down to the middle of this arena where I was supposed to get just sprayed down with arrows by everybody. Yeah. And uh, as soon as they went to, uh, you know, this guy and all his guards went to attack me, all the arrow guys killed them. And then you hit a button to snap your fingers and everybody who was the arrow men, all their heads exploded at once. <laughs> I felt like a god. I was like, this fucking game rules, man. That strategy, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. just one of the best looking games yeah. uh, of the early part of that generation. It still holds yeah. up today. It, it incorporated so much, that, like so much so. The that, like, system. Yeah, the, it, it incorporates so much, so much that it just, like, they just sort of, like, added on to stuff into the sequel. And, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of amazing that, that they were able to fit in so many different types of gameplay or at least um, uh, meta gameplay in your own head. Cause you, you would strategize like, how are you going to enter this area? How are you, know, how are you going to encounter this guy? You know um, you'd have um, uh, guys that would come back that you've killed before and like, Oh, that's, you know, and then you, they would have a new title to them and stuff like that. And each one would have to hold a grudge on you and you would get, well, in that nemesis system, they actually ended up getting the copyright to, because Mm -hmm. they, it is a wholly original idea that they came up with and they applied for all their copyrights. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the way that the nemesis system works, if you've never played middle Earth: shadow of Mordor or shadow of war, which works largely in the same way Mm -hmm. is that if you go to take out one of these orcs that is in the hierarchy of the orcdom, Mm-hmm. and he kills you right he moves up he becomes more powerful he's a chieftain now and he can slide up the scale or he'll go and attack another orc that's higher up than him because he wants to take his fucking spot right and so you're building this hierarchy of systems and all these characters that like uh if you let them get away by the skin of their teeth they might come back later all fucked up <laughs> with all kinds of scars and shit you know battle damage from when you fought them before and uh you know some of them you choose to just keep letting them go on because they're pathetic and things like that it's just there's a almost monty python angle to some of this that i just i respect and love and it's right. fun and it's dumb yeah. and i'm no lord of the rings like super fan yeah that, but that's kind of the thing about this one is that it sort of lives in its own like it yeah, doesn't matter yeah like the lord of the rings thing doesn't really matter you're not going on an adventure to put the one ring back in the mount doom you're not doing any of that you're you're living in the universe of Mordor and and Middle Earth and doing the things in it, but it's not consequential to what's going on in the movies, you know. So, you know, or the, the story might be. I'm not entirely certain, but I, I you know, it, it's it's very cool that way. So that's it, my man. Yeah, that's it. I uh, I 1000% uh, agree with that. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think of the list? Yeah, it was a great list. I liked it. I like that list. What did you guys think of that list? Is there, did we leave any out? Did we miss anything? 
let us know, comment, uh, feel free to hit us up uh, on the website. We've got comments section down below on the website. We got a Facebook, hit us up there or just hit Haas up on Twitter. You know, he'll probably answer it too. So, um, but that's going to do it, Haas. I think we're done. I think we're it. I think we're finished. So uh, uh, for that, uh, this has been the Video Struck podcast. You can check us out at videostruck.com slash DNN. Videostruck.com. You can check us out at destinationcomics.com slash DNN. Uh, check us out on Facebook and on Twitter at Videostruct. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Hoss underscore buddy. That's H-O-S-S underscore B-U-D-D-Y. I write some things about comic books on Twitter and you know, I, I, I make bad jokes about Logan Paul and, uh, or is it Jake Paul? I don't know who fought Mayweather yesterday. That uh, guy, Logan uh, Paul, I guess. I don't remember. I don't no. know. I don't I've never watched one of their videos. So. Nope. Never did. Uh, I didn't even watch highlights of the fight. So, but yep. um, hey. <laughs> no go. revenue from me, sir. No, re- you're uh, getting none from me. Man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, uh, you know, hit us up. Uh, yeah. I appreciate all the positive vibes we got from the, uh, the, the new season premiere last week. And uh, yep. yeah, just expect more. Uh, yep. We got a bunch more fun stuff coming down the pipe. So absolutely. And that's going to do it, guys. We're out of time. We got to go. Mm-hmm.